This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Before we begin, we wanted to issue a content warning for this week's episode. There is a frank discussion of sexual violence, assault, and trauma that some may find disturbing. Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Welcome back to Fright School. Hello, Joe. Hey, Joshua. What's up? Hey. (laughs) We're here doing another exciting, educational episode of Fright School. (laughs) That's why we're here. And I am glad to be here with you. Yes, uh, absolutely. It's good. It's good to continue to get to see your face week after week, even even with the pandemic ongoing mm-hmm. forever. Um, <laughs> yeah, and today's uh, you know exciting episode. We're wrapping up our uh, Halloween 2020 dive into Satan and Satanism. So mm-hmm. that's going to be fun. We're going to talk all about. Uh, the satanic panic of the 80s and 90s and uh, we summon the darkness so that'll be that's gonna be fun but first um what have you been doing this week anything exciting oh well i did watch a rocky horror mm. um with my jimmy kins yes oh my gosh uh, trivia was so much fun dear listener you should be joining um joe's weekly uh, socially distant trivia because it is a lot of fun and uh, we, I had a blast the other day just uh, joining you and getting kind of a behind-the-scenes uh, look into uh, how much work that goes into doing that. And uh, it was super, super enlightening and also super fun. Uh, so thank you for that. But uh, the reason I say that is because one of the uh, topics was the Rocky Horror Picture Show, uh, which we did an episode on way back when, when we were at, um, oh my gosh, I always get it mixed up. It was Monster Mania. Con? Yes, Monster okay. Mania. <laughs> I always say the wrong name, even though it was super fun, and I should like remember that. But we went to uh, we went to Jersey. Was that New Jersey, Cherry Hill, Cherry Hill, New Jersey, right. Cherry Hill, New Jersey, South Jersey, and we saw the uh, I think it was a Philadelphia cast. Yes, it was yeah. a Philadelphia shadow cast, um, and uh, yeah, their best and and trying their hardest through tech issues. So, but that was it was a fun episode to talk about the Rocky Horror Picture Show. So I'm glad it came back. Uh, so yes, Jimmy Kins got to see it, and he thought it was. He thought it was fun. He thought it was. <laughs> he thought it was weird. really fun. Well, weird, yes. Um, it, it was definitely weird. He thought it was fun. I. It was my movie night with Miss Eve Parker. Um, and I was like, you know what? Let's just make this. Let's just make this extra special. So. Um, I sent out a prop list to the group chat that we have of like, okay, you know, here's get these props together and then I'll send over the instructions. And so we did the newspaper and the squirt bottle and all of that stuff. And um, since it was his very first time, I wrote a V on his forehead. (laughs) He's a virgin. And yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot of fun. Um, I, I told him, I was like, you know, I'm not going to do too many of the callbacks because that's not really how a first-timer should experience the film. Um, and I think he really enjoyed the music, too, because the music is just so, you know, just a nice, fun, yeah. rocky vibe. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the music is great. Um, you know, it's a fun weird moment in time and so i'm glad that it's lasted all these years and obviously it's been a touchstone for queer people uh so i'm glad that he he got to see that on his uh, continuing education of queer culture our little our little alien mm-hmm. queer alien our little aliens um 
yeah. Although, like I said the other day when we had our little uh, chat on video, he still has not had the full experience. So we are going to have that if we're ever allowed to be in a movie theater again together. We are. He is going to get the full experience. He's going to get the full experience. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of what I watched this week. I know I watched something. Well, I did check out the new The Witches adaptation, but I don't want to talk about it too much because Friday, October 30th, uh, and mm-hmm. it is at 6 p.m. our time, 9 p.m. horror movie night time. <laughs> <laughs> Because we had some uh, we had some trouble with that, I think on uh, on uh, during the trivia of making sure we said the right times. Yes, so we, we can't are, we couldn't get we can't even get time straight, Joshua. So <laughs> yes, uh, the horror, horror movie night is hosting a charity live stream for Scares That Care, which is super uh, awesome of them. It's going to be an all day event from nine a.m. to midnight. Uh, that would be 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. our time <laughs> if you want to get up that early and you know check stuff out. Hopefully they'll have it available to, to rewatch because there's actually some really cool stuff on here that I'm not going to be able to – I'm going to be working, uh, so I'm not going to be able to see. But they're going to show like their original unedited horror movie night pilot like TV show that they shot – um, there's going to be a game show. There's going to be some live music with Scott Roger, one of the co-hosts of Horror Movie Night. Uh, they've got the Jersey Ghouls on. Analog Jones is going to be joining them. And then, yes, at uh, 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, will be Fright School Live. And we're doing an Ode to Witches. And we're going to have... Um, some special guests on with us and we're going to talk all about uh, witchcraft in cinema and the new, the craft legacy film and the witches. And then along with just our favorite uh, witch stuff. Uh, So that's going to be super uh, exciting. I think I'm very excited that we were invited to take uh, part in that because it's always really a good time with all of the people involved. So lucky us, right, Joe? Lucky us indeed. Yeah, so I don't want to say too much about the witches uh, because I want to save it for the for the show. So if you want to hear me ramble on some more about that, uh, October 30th, Friday, October 30th, 9 p.m. 6 p.m., 9 p.m. <laughs> Just to make it confusing. 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. Central. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, or maybe it's 8 p.m. Central. I don't know. Anyways, it'll be we'll, it'll be a live streaming, so you'll be able to see it if you're on the Facebook. The Book mm-hmm. of Faces. Uh, okay. <laughs> so that's kind of, that, that's, that was the new thing I watched this week. Although I know I checked some other stuff out. Um, oh, yeah, the WNUF. I'd never seen it before. WNUF Halloween special movie. Have you ever heard of that? They're going to have... have none. Uh, yeah, they're actually going to have... Uh, like a special commentary with director Chris uh, LaMartina on the horror movie night event at two 30. And it's, it's really interesting. It's, it's, it's like, um, it's like somebody found like a lost VHS tape of like something recorded in the eighties, you know, mm-hmm. so like the, uh, and it's really well done. Like it really, like it brought back memories of like seeing certain commercials during that time frame, And, um, you know, those, you know, those sorts of specials that they would do. Like, I remember they'd always make a big deal about showing thriller and like the making of thriller. Uh, there would always be, everybody would have like Halloween themed commercials running local stuff, you know? So it's really like, really well done and felt, you know, it, um, it was like nostalgic whiplash <laughs> where I was just like, Oh my gosh, it was brought back a lot of memories watching this fake memory. Uh, but it's about like a news crew. <laughs> oh no, I'm just laughing. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what just happened there. Uh, but it's about like a, a local news crew who's going to like a supposedly haunted house with kind of like a Lorraine and, um, Oh shoot. What are their names? Um, the, you know, the couple that would go in and, you know, and all these haunted houses, they're like the subject of the conjuring. I think they did stuff with mm-hmm. Amityville horror. Uh, so it's like a couple like that. And they're going to this supposedly haunted house where this horrific murder happened. And it's all live, you know, on this local news station. And, um, you know, so of course, 
creepy things happen. It's also really funny. It's mm-hmm. kind of darkly humorous. So it was super fun. So I definitely recommend it if you haven't seen it before. It's not new. It's it's several years old. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. So that was kind of that's kind of what I did. I watched Ringu this morning, the original Japanese version. Oh. Uh, taking it all the way back yes that was a nice revisit i forget how creepy that film is um you know because i hadn't watched the original in a long time not since we did um it for the show uh so yeah that's that's been kind of my week what about you um what have i done um i just you know I, i just work it was it was a very interesting week um that not to bring everybody down so much, but like I did attend my very first Zoom funeral. Oh wow! Um, which was very, it was so strange because like you know I I realized that um, you know one of the driving forces for me you know keeping safe and encouraging my family to do so is because um, our cultural mourning practices are really unfulfilled on Zoom. Yeah. So. You know, if we, if any, God forbid, anything does happen, we um, are not able to gather and meet in the way that we, um, in the way that I know I need to. So, right. um, so yeah, not to bring everybody down, but that's just, you know, where uh, I just thought that was very interesting and also very grateful at the same time that we're, you know, we were able to connect literally from all over the world, um, even if it was just, in this, you know, it's, it's unifying, but it's also very isolating too, because you, you, you know, depending on whether or not people are on camera and, you know, that's, it's very, very strange, but, um, all of this to say that, you know, folks, if you have, uh, if you have, uh, you know, had that experience and, um, you know, it's keep, keep your loved ones close and very, and, and hold them tightly at night. Um, absolutely. Other than that, I mean, you know, it's just been, it's been very, uh, it's been a very chill week and just, you know, a slow march toward, um, uh, hopefully, you know, middling news on November 3rd. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, but, you know, and just trying to be, uh, just trying to be as, uh, positive, supportive thoughts as possible to everyone else out there. Yeah, yeah, um, I like that. That's good. <laughs> yeah, that's all. I- um, well, you know, sorry to hear about because I, I this is the person you were telling me about who passed. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And um, so again, sorry to hear that. And you know, lots of love goes to the people that um, cared about them and that they cared about. And um, you know, I'm I'm glad that people found a way to be together and be supportive even in this time. Mm-hmm. I do think that's amazing. Uh, but you're right. There is something about being able to come together and just sit around and you know, hold hands or hug each other or just be, you know, in the present. That's very, very healing. Uh, and I know that from personal experience, like you and like so many others. Um, so yeah, losing somebody in this time of, of COVID and zoom, it's just, I, mm-hmm. I can imagine it's, it's very, very, very difficult. So I'm glad that people are, are finding ways to, to connect and, um, you know, so yeah. I, I I truly didn't mean to uh, I truly didn't mean to bring us all down, but I did. Oh, um, okay, well, you know it's, I, it's life. It's 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 real stuff. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, it's just it's it, that's been uh, that's been one of the main things. Just been dealing with the whole week, um, yeah. but you know, thankfully we have. Uh, thankfully, there are ways for us to you know. Um, recharge and you know take an escape um and i'm very grateful for movies and and film during this time absolutely and um i would also say the written word so i did want to uh just to shift gears (laughs) um that was a good little transition there um the new fangoria issue is out volume two number nine with a cover story by michael Verratti, who we adore and has been on the show before uh he's got the cover story all about the new uh freaky film uh, Mm -hmm. or it's called freaky which does look super fun i i do want to see it uh but on top of that this is why i recommend this is actually a really great um um, edition 
uh, you know, a, a good, oh, come on, sorry, cat. Uh, it's got a lot of really good stories in it uh, this time around. Um, there is obviously, you know, the cover story about Freaky, and then there is a there's a uh, an article called Candyman, Madonna, and My Brother, which was super fun to read. Um, and then Little Deaths, Horror, and Kink. Yes. yes. Uh, which I'm definitely going to use probably as a basis for a new, um, an upcoming um, series. Because uh, we, we have to do Hellraiser, Joe. We have to. We have to do it. <laughs> and uh, that that's going to be one of the, you know, framing devices there, horror and kink. And then there's also an article in here um, called In Defense of High Tension in defense of Hotension, here we go, uh, by Sean Abley, um, another lesbian psycho in defense of high tension. Uh, you know, so it's like, was Alexander Aha's 2003 film a problematic deal breaker, or was it in fact inviting the queer audience to join the nasty party of the new French extremity? Uh, so yeah, it's this, 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 um, magazine is chock full of some really good articles so i suggest that you pick it up uh either you know i think they they have them available digitally of course i have a subscription so i get the hard the hard versions um but i just wanted to throw that out there because i was really excited by several of the articles and there are others there are other really good articles in it this uh this this time around so check that out um what else to remind people of we are we are we're in the final week of the Halloween October 2020 season, so super sad. Um, but we, um, it's not over yet. So, <laughs> what am I trying to say, Joe? I'm trying to bring up, we got a couple things going on, first of all, today, uh, of course, because it's Monday, and we've been doing Black Horror Suggestions on Mondays, uh, given... Um, uh, horror noir the documentary horror noir it's fantastic so make sure you've definitely seen that and we are today's uh suggestion is of course get out uh which we did an episode on a couple years ago when it came out although i think it's time to revisit it i really think we should do a full because we did like a review episode but i think we should go back and do a full like deep dive analysis on that i think would be super fun joe oh yeah i um, think so too because yeah, there's I mean there's so much. It's it's really a great um, a great film. And then of course we have going on this week our Fright School costume contest. So make sure you're following us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you check our link tree, there is a 31 Days of Halloween horror poster file. And what we're asking you to do is recreate uh, horror movie posters within the file that we've been, they're all part of our calendar, all of the things that we've been suggesting all month long. So recreate them with household objects. Make sure you tag us and use the hashtag Fright School so we can find you easily. And we are going to, the, it's due by the uh, October 30th, Friday, October 30th, by midnight, I would say. Although if a few come in on Halloween morning, that's okay because I won't be up that early anyways. But try to get them in uh, by October 30th. And, uh, uh, you could win some cool Fright School swag. And, um, you know, that's fun, right? We've got some cool new t-shirts on our T Public site. Again, links in the in the show notes. Uh, we have some great uh, merch out right now, and we appreciate the support. Helps keep Fright School trucking along. So you could win, you could win something cool if you if you participate in our costume contest. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> I've decided I'm going to do a few posters just for fun, just for you, Joshua. Oh, you should. Um, oh, just because it's household objects, right? So it'll be, it'll be fun. It'll be like that. Um, it's very much along the vein of uh, during the quarantine um, over the summer, people were recreating uh, fine works of art from mm -hmm. museums. Exactly. So, I love that. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. So I want to kind of see that done with horror. And um, yeah, so I'm hoping that uh, people participate and that it's super fun because uh, it'll be fun to, you know, give some prizes away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love to give. Don't say anything, Joe. <laughs> All right. So with that being said, I think that's a good place for us to take a break. Keeping it quick today, folks, because I'm so excited about today's conversation. So we will be right back with We Summon the Darkness. 
that's why I don't have sex. It's not because of my face or my general attitude towards human beings. The thing is that they don't refer to any of these things as murders, which is the most amazing part. It's always referred to as a disappearance. There's fucking blood filling the back of a truck. That was certainly nice of me, wasn't it? Huh? Same set as Castle. Um, what? Is that really? No, but I would believe it, actually. That wouldn't shock me. I can't imagine that there's a ton of castles that Charles Band has at his disposal. <laughs> that frog is going to bang Roddy Piper. Nope, she's just one horny toad. <laughs> Justin Lung just screamed that he's a fucking walrus for so long. He keeps yelling cuckoo-cachoo and shit. It's weird. <laughs> Join me and Matt as we discuss some of the worst of horror every week on the Horror Movie Night Podcast. Listen at HMNPodcast.com. All right. Welcome back. Oh, my gosh. We made it through. This is our, our, our last episode. Well, it won't be our last episode on The Devil, but this has been our introductory series, you know, on um, or our deeper dive, because we've talked about Satan before. Anyway, sorry, I'm already off track. Uh, we Summon the Darkness, 2019 American horror thriller film, directed by Mark Myers, who did uh, My Friend Elmer, the film. Which mm-hmm. is infamously a lost Fright School episode <laughs> that, <laughs> that we ha- we recorded, and I d- I'm not sure what happened, but we never released it. It's just there. So, um, one day out. when I get my act together, I'll find it somewhere. Hopefully, yes. uh, well, by then it's going to be time to do a revisit, anyways, because I think there's going to be another Dahmer series, right? Is that um, Ryan Murphy? Ryan Murphy, yes, yeah, is so. going to do something to Dahmer. Yeah, so it might be we might just have to redo the episode, anyways. Uh, re, re chat about it again in the future. But regardless, here Mark Myers, and written by Alan Treza. So this is a film about it's set in the eighties in nineteen eighty eight, July of eighty eight, and it follows three girls on their way to a rock and roll concert who get tangled up with some Satanism, or do they? Uh, Joe, what did you think? I loved it. I really did love it. Um, Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. This this is on Netflix. You should go watch it, but we're going to spoil the shit out of it. Right. Because because I was already kind of spoiled going into it. Yeah. um, But... I still thought it was really cool because I just kept thinking, how are they going to, what's the twist? Where's the twist going to come? And, um, and it's, it's pretty cool, pretty satisfying. Um, I loved it. I thought it was, um, I'm always, I'm always appreciative of a take, uh, of a twisty take on horror tropes. Yeah. And I thought that did, this one did a really good job where they made, um, uh, the women, the aggressors, the, mm-hmm. the women were the monsters in this one. um, and I thought that it was so fascinating to be like, okay, well, you know, we uh, the the answer to um, the answer to things is to basically uh, give people a monster to fear, which I'm always interested. I'm always interested in. But yes, I did love it. Amen to that. <laughs> no pun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, absolutely. I remember watching this for the first time uh, a couple of months ago. This was actually what kind of made cooked up my whole like, oh, we should do for Halloween this year. We'll do a whole series on uh, on this, on 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 the devil, on Satanism, on satanic panic, you know. And so th- this was kind of the genesis of that idea. Uh, and so I didn't know anything about it. I was just I was looking for something kind of fun to watch that you know, and it didn't look like from like the little bit of the trailer I, I had seen, it didn't look really scary. Um, I, you know, I just wanted something that was kind of in that middle ground. And uh, so I was watching it and I was like, okay, this is fun. So, you know, these girls are going to go to some Satanist concert and you're, you know, whatever. Um, what is it? The soldiers of Satan mm-hmm. heavy metal concert. They're going to get tangled up with some boys who are going to like try to kill them. And it would be very Jennifer's body. And you know that, so that's what I thought was going on. Um, a pretty up, pretty late, you know, until, you know, until the, their, the girls are like, you know, when they're playing never have I ever around the campfire later on. And it's like, um, 
oh, we've drugged all of you. And I was like, oh, they're the Satanists. Cool. So this would be really awesome. And then twist again is that they're like evangelicals that are trying to scare people back to the church <laughs> with with devil with uh, with uh, murders they've committed set up to look like satanic sacrifices <laughs> and i was just like wait what and i paused for a moment and like quickly like looked it up you know i was like okay all right you got me so <laughs> i yeah and i and i thought it was kind of a brilliant comment especially said in the 80s so just to do a little we're gonna this is the educational part uh, Joe, have you heard of the Satanic Panic? I have heard of the Satanic Panic mainly because um, I watched a lot of the I Love the series on uh, yes on VH1. Um, so when they came to I Love the '80s, I know that that was a thing. They were talking about like heavy metal music and like playing Judas Priest records backwards to hear like you know Satan or something like that. So. Yes, um, I'm familiar with it, but I'm sh- but again, like I live, you know, I live in an island that's predominantly Catholic, so you know we have a insulated bubble <laughs> away from uh, away from um, the devil. But tell me about the satanic panic <laughs> of the '80s, Joshua. Well, I think it's fascinating because so. <sighs> So obviously humans, one thing that we are really, really good at is paranoid, delusional, uh, paranoia-fueled delusional witch hunts. <laughs> uh, we're really good at that. We've done it throughout our history, uh, you know, starting, I mean, well, I'm sure it goes way further back, but I think, you know, when you look at like the witch hunts of like the 1400s in Europe and then to the witch trials that happened here in Salem in the 1600s and... Um, you know, and then further on with like, you know, McCarthyism and, you know, then you have this, the satanic panic that happened in the, the mid eighties and early nineties to right now with this whole QAnon thing. I mean, we're, we're seeing another rise of this same kind of, uh, panic you know and it again it is satanic in nature we talked a little bit about this on our last episode with chelsea stardust talking about her film satanic panic how these i mean it's like every 30 40 years stuff just comes up again you know also obviously germany um you know in the 40s with the with the holocaust and that's tied deeply to ancient uh anti-semitism and you know there's something called blood libel which is like the jewish people use like christians blood for rituals you know, so there's lots of lots of ways that this kind of permeates our our culture. So um, I was looking up there, and there's so much. I mean, that's the thing. We're not going to be we'll be here talking for days if we try to really unpack all of this. So I strongly suggest if this is the first time you're hearing about it, just look up Satanic Panic, <laughs> and, and you'll get a host of articles. Uh, so there's this one on Gizmodo. This is from five years ago. Uh, but I thought it was good and concise, a brief history of the satanic panic in the 1980s. So kind of one of the places it starts is here in Southern California, the McMartin preschool case. So that was kind of a really big one in in the 80s. And this uh, mother uh, or a parent, actually, I'm not sure if it was a mother, um, but a parent of a child that went to this daycare center said that they were abusing uh, her child or their child. And so this like exploded into like all of these other uh, accusations of the people that were running this uh, preschool. And, um, you know, it was very sort of um, tenuous evidence. Like if any, you know, it's considered one of the longest and most expensive trials in U.S. history. It resulted in zero convictions and, you know, yes, became sort of this uh, centerpiece in this discussion of satanic panic, uh, which was this widespread phenomenon. There's um, a really fantastic, uh, I've mentioned it before, Uncover uh, podcast from the CBC. Mm -hmm. They have a whole thing about, they have a whole series. uh, It's like six or eight episodes on the satanic panic that happened in, um, what's that, Martinsville in... Saskatchewan, I think. <laughs> I always want to say that uh, wrong, but it was kind of the same thing where at Martinsdale daycare, where they were accused of this uh, of 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 housing this Brotherhood of the Ram, 
and they practice ritualized sexual abuse on numerous children at Devil Church. Trigger warning after the fact. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to put that on the uh, beginning of this episode uh, because there's a lot... Um, a lot of it is, is it obviously is about the ritualistic abuse of children, murder, you know, just all kinds of um, scary, quite frankly, scary things that you could imagine, you know, if you're living in this time coming out of the 70s where we are having this rampant um, sort of a new, well, not new, but a resurgence in occult stuff you know you have the manson murders mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. have like ufo stuff kind of you know becoming more and more widespread um you know people are uh i like that there's a quote in here a lot of it was having um a spiritual vacuum created by the fact that the 1960s promise of this cosmic spiritual consciousness didn't really pan out so you had in the 70s an uptick of paranormal investigations esp an interest in ufos really climactic climaxing with close encounters of the third kind but the aliens never landed so this led to a cynicism and a kind of cultural paranoia that there's no meaning there was this uptick in fundamentalist christianity tied to um you know like phyllis schlafly and that whole Mm -hmm. time of like the fight against the era and the rising of like fundamentalist uh involvement in politics so Mm -hmm. the reagan right had begun to dominate politics it was the beginning of this cultural war the parents music resource center started to put labels on album covers to warn you against profanity and references to the occult it was like this perfect storm to to create this group like hysteria over satanism and um what i really like about this last part is that in a way believing that satan is running the world is offering a kind of order to things in a world that can feel very disorderly and so you you know you take that that thought and you apply it across history of course Mm -hmm. we're always looking for scapegoats we're always looking for reasons to blame others for our bad fortune or the way you know things are going um and again obviously right now it's it's not that we're living in this crushing era of consumerism and unchecked rampant capitalism it's that Mm -hmm. the democrats are a satanic bloodthirsty cult who are murdering children and um feeding them to aliens uh, lizard people who are running the world (laughs) (laughs) It's just easier to believe that, I guess, um, than, than um, you know, the, the real, you know what I mean? Trying, trying to fight the, the bigger issues, the things that are so ingrained, you know, that, you, that, that is really, it's really tough to fight against. Um, so this did kind of create, um, th- well, first of all, there, there was this book called Michelle Remembers, which was like completely fabricated, but became like a textbook for law enforcement, along with social workers, and other people working with children. So everybody suddenly was looking everywhere, anything and everything had to be connected to the this satanic uh, cult mm. that were running the US. Um, and these people were I mean, they were all over Oprah. Geraldo did like a two-hour, you know, documentary, which was complete BS. But, you know, mm-hmm. you put that on television and, you know, your average everyday person is like, oh, my gosh, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, and that goes for lots of things. I mean, I remember being a kid and seeing that alien autopsy documentary. And, you know, you're nine or ten years old. And it's like, oh, my gosh, aliens are real. Because that's how they framed it. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you have people giving like legitimate uh legitimacy to all of this of course you know like obviously the president is doing right now by (laughs) you know with the QAnon thing of like oh no i don't know anything about that um it could be you don't know but maybe not but maybe but probably hillary clinton is running a child sex ring out of a pizza parlor basement definitely maybe i mean maybe not probably (laughs) it's like it's just nuts, you know. Or the worst is when, when he's like, you know, I don't know. People say this is true. I don't believe it, but people say it's true. I don't know. Right. And I'm like, it's just like, I just keep thinking about like what's the, one of the monikers that Satan has is like, you know, the the caster of doubt. Right. Like, <laughs> I just keep. I'm like, oh my god, how are people still supporting this? Anyway, that's that's your political thirty seconds. Um, <laughs> please continue. No, I mean, that's, uh, that's exactly it, you know, so it was just this whole like this perfect time in the 70s with, you know, movies like Rosemary's Baby, The Exorcist, you know, people were being really um, uh, 
you know, inundated with this Im- imagery. People were starting to seek out religion again and get, you know, and, 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 you know, uh, return, you know, so you see these growing numbers. Um, and so it was just, we were just ripe for this kind of thing to happen. And, and what's unfortunate is so much of it. And again, there's a, a Vox article as well that will be in the notes, the history of satanic panic in the U S and why it's not over yet. This was published a few years ago. Uh, sort of examining the mass hysteria over satanic ritual abuse, how some of the people involved are still serving sentences, even though there was no real evidence. There were people that went to jail for 10, 20 years who were released and, you know, exonerated, but their, their lives are ruined. Um, that the Martinsville case on, on the CBC, the uncover podcast is really mm-hmm. sad because it's like 30 years after the fact. And there are still people that believe, you know, this, man you know was leading this cult uh, coven of satanic satanists and witches eating children but it was like what children what bodies what you know who's missing like nobody you know what i mean so it was like all on this very thin you know same thing with the salem witchcraft trials it's like oh i'm itching that woman over there's making me itch oh let's hang her you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it's it's very very frightening and we live in you know we've lived through this several times you know throughout history and i'm it's very scary right now that we're living in this time again you know where um paranoia and delusions of thought and critical thinking critical reasoning are sort of all being set aside because it just feels like you know it should be true that there are you know horrible things happening and What's also very sad in, the, in one of the articles I was reading is that like social workers and people who are working on real cases of, of child sexual abuse or uh, religious abuse or even actual satanic ritual abuse, which is so, I mean, in all the cases, it's such a tiny percentage that actually something terrible was happening. It was being prioritized over you know so resources and funding are going to find the this massive satanism you know underground satanist cult while real Mm -hmm. children suffered and you know and you think like we're spending all that time doing that instead of looking at where in the end we found real sexual abuse in like the catholic church in you know the boy scouts in a lot of these wholesome quote-unquote entities Mm -hmm. Um, that was going unnoticed for years and years because people were busy looking for false devils and, you know, um, they were following up on things that were not real and jailing parents and, you know, taking kids away and, and just, and destroying families over very, over no evidence, you know, over just a child saying something and people were like, well, children don't make things up. And it's like, no, children absolutely make things up, you know, and, and worse parents go and they found like, um, the uh, the the uncover case again is really good because they have um you know all these experts and stuff weigh in who heard the testimony and it was like parents were told like do not talk to your kids about this like you know let the professionals do it well then you find out the parents were talking to them some of them even recorded stuff where it was obvious they were like oh no we didn't like they gave them all a um they gave them like a, a um, what do you want to call it? Like a like a quick education in leading questioning in what not to say, what not to do, you know, so as not to plant stuff. And the parents are all like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, we get it, we get it. And then went and did all of that stuff and then brought mm-hmm. recordings and went, no, we didn't lead them. And it's like, can you hear yourself on the tape? <laughs> like, yes, you, all of this is like not credible. And, you know, it just, it led to a lot of, again, false convictions and imprisonment of people that were perfectly innocent while real horrors abounded and real terrible things happened that the, that the resources just were not put into, into fighting against, um, you know, and you look at like, I I mean, there are so many, that's like this article. It's so sad because there are so many, um, people listed uh they have a section satanic panic on trial 1984 to 2015 of people who went to prison and were released because you know they were found innocent but they'd are you know they'd been there forever um the west memphis three you've probably heard of them Mm -mm. no i haven't Uh, so they were three it was three teenagers in west memphis uh arkansas they were accused and convicted of um the just i mean a horrifying uh sexual assault and murder of three young boys And so they were all accused based on extremely weak evidence, uh, no physical evidence linking them to the crime. And hearsay due to their quote unquote goth 
lifestyles and unfounded accusations that they worship Satan. Uh, and so there was an HBO documentary trilogy about the case, Paradise Lost. Uh, they were ultimately freed in 2011. This was, uh, what I say, 93. So in 2011, new DNA evidence showed that they had no connection to the killings. Um, Natalie Maines from the Dixie Chicks, or the Chicks, sorry, the Chicks, uh, was a was very outspoken about their case. And, uh, you know, so she, she pops up a lot in those conversations uh, because she believed they were innocent and wrongly, wrongly accused of the, of the crime. Um, so anyways, but I mean, it just goes on and on. There's like all kinds of, of, of examples of, of, of this, you know, of these accusations and all of that. So, Back to the film. <laughs> so that was just our little, you know, dive over here. Again, I strongly suggest there's a lot of books, there's lots of articles, there's lots of great information out there that this interests you. Um, I, you know, I, I read so much stuff. My brain is like <laughs> filled with all these like facts and um, it, it's just, it's a super fascinating time you know, mm-hmm. and, and how this works and how it can be so widespread and you have so many people believe something on this tenuous grasp. So what I like about this film is that they're kind of using that idea of, you know, of like, okay, well, how do we get people back to the church? We'll, we'll commit heinous acts <laughs> mm-hmm. in order mm-hmm. to scare them back. And I just think that that kind of ties into, you know, it's like, if it's working for you, if people are coming back to the church, they're bringing their donations, they're bringing their, you know, their family, they're cementing, you know, the church's future, um, you know, so it certainly doesn't hurt those entities to have people believe that Satan is a very real um, entity and is running the, these, is the leader of all of these cults and covens. And so it just works really well with this film, how they how they're kind of making use of that that idea and setting it in '88 is kind of like right in the middle of all of this, you know. So you are you have a nation that's terrified, and of course they're believing that there's this you know cross country these murders happening that are all tied into Satanism because it's like that that was so true at the time, even though even though obviously in the movie they're really doing it, but there weren't truly you know, that happening. It was always, you know, that kind of like, um, well, my cousin's brother, you know, heard that happened in, you know, his friend's town (laughs) becomes like urban legend, urban. Mm -hmm. Um, the one thing I, so glad you brought up the timeline, right? 1988. Um, there's the scene in where Beverly, I believe it's Beverly, um, our heroine, our final mm-hmm. girl, she's in the boathouse and she figures out that, you know, this is where she finds the damning evidence that the pastor is full of shit and, you know, right. Yeah. Yeah. And all that stuff. And she finds the he's money, his followers out of, you know, money. So he out can, of what money. does she call it? A rad pad. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this is your rad pad. And I'm like, okay, this is very eighties. So, when we're watching that part and she's going through and she finds all that cash, all the hundreds. Yeah. I thought I saw one of the hundred dollar bills was a new $100 bill. Oh, possibly. I didn't look that closely. That mistake happens a lot in in movies. I feel in television. Yeah. And, and for me, it was just like, it took me out of it for a little bit. Cause I don't know if, cause it was so, prominent that I don't know if it was intentional and you know again I'm not going to it took me out of it because of like you know I'm just I have a I have a thing for continuity um but like that I thought was really interesting just like that it was missed but then again where can you find the old hundred dollar bills let's be quite honest um Mm -hmm. and I didn't really understand the like why the stepmom is into coke like, is it just because the eighties and you know, is it just because the eighties and like an eighties that the cocaine cocaine is a drug of choice? Well, uh, I thought it was a very like, again, because this film is sort of like, um, it's a comment on like the eighties age of excess, but also like, uh, Jim and Tammy Faye Baker, mm-hmm, uh, you mm-hmm. know, all of, you know, what is a Jerry Falwell? Like, 
you know, all of these like mega preachers and pastors who are like all over the television. And then you find out they're having affairs or they're doing all these drugs or they're alcoholics and, you know, they're partying all the time with hookers and whatnot. I just felt like it was that kind of comment, you know? And also, yeah, it's the eighties. So everybody do Coke. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to say real quick about your, cause that is one of my pet peeves about historical um, art. Mm-hmm. When something is set in like, you know, the early 1900s or the twenties or something. And it's like, you know, here's $20 for this thing. I'm like, Oh my God, that is a huge amount of money, you know, like in that time, you, that kind of thing always annoys me too. So I hadn't noticed those, the, the, the money was new. Um, or again, I might have to just go back and look. Um, but that is one of my major pet peeves and Jeffrey and I'll be watching something and that always takes me out of it because it's like, that is such an easy thing to research, you know, to be like, Oh, here's a dime for a drink or something instead of, you know, handing over, you know, like today's money. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's just a choice that happens in film and television so that like the viewer doesn't have to think, you know what I mean? So that it like, yeah, automatically that equivalent. But I think most people are smart enough to know that certain things, you know, like, you know, it was 50 cents for a tank of gas or something, you know what I mean? Like I just, I, I I don't know. That always takes me out of things too. Yeah. But then is it money in particular? Is it just then not for us, Joshua? Is it for a younger generation? And we've become, you know, they're going to okay boomer us. Maybe. Is that that what's happening? Possibly. You know, that's, it's possible. Uh, That's kind of why I wanted to talk a little bit about the satanic panic thing. And again, I, you know, it's, there is so much to discuss and it's such this huge moment in, in our history. And most of us know are affected by, because, you know, we see the parental advisory stickers on things. That's all tracks back to, you know, that kind of that thought, um, you know, playing records backwards, have hidden messages, even though most of them are proven not to have anything like that in them, or it was purposeful for another reason. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you think of like the Missy Elliott song <laughs> that everybody remember when that song, what was that work? It came out and everybody's freaking about out about what is she saying? And it's like, Oh my gosh, people it's, this, it's the it's the line that comes right before it, but everybody was like, "Oh, she's saying this thing. She's saying that thing." Do you remember that? Maybe you're younger. Yeah. Is it worth it? Let me work it. I put my thing down, flip it, and then reverse it, and then she does it. Right. But I remember everybody freaking out about it, like, and everybody had different things that she was saying. And I think like, someone, so I think I knew someone who was like, you know, is your something pussy wet yet? Is yeah, what? exactly. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was all stuff like that, and then it was then it was so benign because it was just the. It was exactly what she just said. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so I, I just, the, the, um, I, I think a lot of people that may listen probably don't remember this time period or probably, you know, aren't aware that there was such a, um, such a scary thing and that this, the, the new QAnon conversation is not new. It's very old. It's ancient, <laughs> in fact. Um, you know, so it's just a good reminder you know, with rewatching that movie today and thinking about the influence of the church and of the evangelicals on American politics and on American culture is, is really incalculable, um, especially mm-hmm. in the context of this satanic panic that happened, you know, cause it really did terrify people and it had massive, um, um, uh, what do you want to call repercussions for artists, musicians, um, you know, filmmakers and then just everyday people who are just trying to live their life. And somebody goes, you're a Satanist and the cops arrest you and throw you in jail for 20 years. You know, I mean, it's really that happened and still happens. Uh, you know, so I think it's a good, it's a good thing to be aware of and to analyze and think critically about, uh, especially Mm -hmm. in this time where we're dealing with a resurgence of this sort of thought and of setting science aside and setting reason and rationale aside. Not that that doesn't happen all the time throughout (laughs) history. Um, but I feel like we're, we're in this time period where there is a a very massive voice that's like, Oh, science. What is science? What is, what do you know, Mr. Scientist? Nothing. You know, it's like, we're so, you don't know anything. Yeah. It's like, we're proudly dismissive of that right now. And it's very, terrifying to me so i the one the thing i love about this film is that you know you the twist you don't see coming but also um yeah it has two twists there's the yeah the two twists there you just don't see coming but the fact that like 
and I, I'm inter- I'm glad we're having this conversation specifically because as it relates to like religion, because I'm thinking about it reminds me a lot of Constantine with Keanu Reeves. Yeah, where at the end you find out again, spoiler alert for Constantine, um, but <laughs> um, the end you find out that Tilda Swinton is the one who's kind of behind it all, who the angel Gabriel right. is like, you know, basically in league he, with Satan. Like. Yeah, is in league to bring Satan into the world in order to get like to punish um humanity and and it's just like it's so fascinating because like what's not clear to me in the film is if the is if the pastor uh played by johnny knoxville which is great like if pastor butler truly believes um what he's doing is for the betterment of his flock or if he's doing it because like he wants to have all the, the blow and the money. I, I, and, and I, and I feel like I'm, and I don't know if I missed something or whatever, but I just don't think for me that it's clear because like, it's clear what the motivations of the wife are. And, you know, he's just kind of walk when he's wandering through the house and he's like, well, good riddance to her dead body and all that stuff. But, you know, she, she, meaning um, Alexis, believes it so much, his daughter believes it so much. And so I'm just, I, I don't know, it's really interesting to me. And I don't know if I necessarily believe um, that he, I think it's ambiguous. I don't know. What are your feelings? Well, I mean, quite frankly, I think Joel Osteen, Billy Graham, you know, all of those kinds of people. I mean, I'm very cynical. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure they believe in you something. cynical, right? Um, exactly. Um, you know, it's, it, but again, I think it's all about the money. You know, I don't think, I don't know. Like I, I definitely read this as he is happy to take people's money and happy to trade in, religion and hypocrisy in order to stay wealthy and to stay powerful. And I think that is true for pretty much every major religious figure. Um, you know, it's cult, it's cult leadership, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, and you know, it's like, and again, I mean, we all, what is it? We all sin and come short, fall short of the glory of God or whatever, like sure. But there's one thing to be like, you know, your average everyday person who makes a mistake, who, you know, mm-hmm. um, and again, this, this isn't really, I'm not speaking for me. I'm speaking in context of the mythology and the laws of religion, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, thou shalt not commit adultery. Fine. That's one of your tenets, but you still do it. Uh, cause we're human and we, you know, do things that are not, um, you know, that are not always great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's a different thing to be like, I'm the leader, uh, I'm the figurehead of a church and I have been found, you know, violating all these different laws and things that I force people to live by that. I shame people that I guilt people with that. I weaponize against people. You know, I think of, you know, particularly po- political figures who hate gay people. And then there they are in some motel with, you know, some queer prostitute, you know, sex worker, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hypocrisy, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's dangerous hypocrisy because they have power. They have real power and that they, you know, their bullshit they spew into the world causes people of our community to harm themselves, causes people to hate themselves and live lives in secrecy Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. you know, only contribute to all of these other problems, you know, substance use, um, you know, adult, the things that they rage against, um, they create, they create the conditions in which this sin lives. Yeah. Quote unquote. Again, I, I'm not speaking like for what I think is right or wrong. I'm just saying that if you're, you know, they're laying out the laws and creating, you know, all of these problems and all of this violence and all of this trauma that fuels so much of society's ills. And I think that there's a bit of playing God in there. I think there's tons of money to be made off of religion, obviously see religion, (laughs) 
<laughs> see, see <laughs> yep. all the major churches, all the major synagogues, all the major, you know, the Catholic church and the, you know, um, everything. Um, I'm suddenly running out of adjectives for um, church buildings. <laughs> but these massive religion incorporated, you know. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I don't think he's... I mean, obviously he's not a good person within the context of the film at all, but I also, no, I, I think that he's totally there for the money and blow and probably hookers and <laughs> all kinds of other things that uh, he would go on television and tell his followers not to do. Um, and of course there's a little bit of that uh, do as I say, not as I do bullshit as well. That's just disgusting and gross. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so this I love it. Being so blasphemous today, somebody's just going to be like, "Ugh." Mm-hmm. You, I don't uh, know. If you listen to this show. You probably are already well aware of my yeah, thoughts I mean, on organized religion. You know, everybody can have a faith. Like, do what you want. Like, seriously, I don't have any problem with people believing in whatever they want to believe in. It's more of just don't weaponize it against others, and don't mm-hmm. weaponize it against yourself. You know, it's, it's so life is hard enough without, you know, being constantly worried about God. I think if there is a God, they want us to be happy and joyful and bask Mm -hmm. in all that they have created, (laughs) you know, I I don't know. I don't remember the context, but I think like a a few years ago, you came up with like a song, like your own, you were going to come up with like your own church. And you were going to have, like, you know, your own hymnal. And I think it was, like, give God the glory, glory, bring me the checks. Send me the checks. That's right. Give God the glory, send me the checks. That was actually, so I had been taught, I at the time, it was a joke because um, a friend of mine, they were thinking about doing a web series that was going to be, like, an American Idol-type show for preachers. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was, like, there was going to be all these different religious leaders, you know, types that were like, you know, I have this church in the South that, you know, blah, blah, whatever. And this church in the North and this church from this place and that place. And, you know, so it was this idea of like, become the next great televangelist, you know, sort of idea. And it never got off the ground, but it was really funny. And we sat around for hours, like just, you know, drinking and coming up with characters and, you know, what it would be like. And that was mine, who was going to be like that typical slick dressed all in white, you know, lots Mm -hmm. of gold accessories, a cowboy hat, um, you know, very, um, um, well, I don't know exactly who, but just very, you know what I mean? It's just, it's kind of that archetype of like a Southern Baptist. Yeah. Very righteous gemstones. Very, exactly. And yes, Give God the glory, glory, send me the checks, was his. Uh... <laughs> it was gross because it's all on display. And that's exactly. like, the thing it's just like, yeah. But people still follow that. And that's what kind of amazes me, you know, that people, you know, like what was to happen? Like Joel Osteen, there was some massive flood wherever he's at. And they like, even though he's living in this massive compound that people could have come to and found sanctuary in, he like shut it down and wouldn't let people in. And it's like that should have ended his career right there. I mean, mm-hmm. if nothing else, um, you know, you think of all of those, all of those situations where it's like, you know, these people with these multi-million dollar compounds are preaching a, a faith based on, you know, Jesus Christ who like threw the money changers out, you know what I mean? Who raged against that kind of stuff by their own mythology, their own book. You know, he's quoted as saying all of these things that are not about queer people that are not about immigrants, but they, you know, they've, they've re they've fashioned Christ into some kind of right wing, you know, <sighs> perversion, you know, mm-hmm. of their own texts. And it just amazes me that people follow it still. I mean, I get it like psychologically, there's a lot that I, I do understand about, about it, you know, and about the, um, the, again, the, the strength of fear and the strength of shame and guilt. Mm-hmm. But how those people get away with it, it just ogles my mind sometimes where you just go, oh, you know, he's such a good person. Like, what are you talking about? He lives in a $150 million mansion while you starve. Yeah. Like, that's insane. I, um, I want to, I want to, um, pump <laughs> You're a... say something to, uh, to assuage any upset people now. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I want to, uh, 
pump up a Instagram account that was in April of last year. The New York Times did an Instagram uh, did a story on this Instagram account called uh, at Preachers in Sneakers, um, where men and women of God uh, were shown wearing footwear that could cost like a month's rent for some of their followers. And, you know, it's just like they're out doing the Lord's work, but they're out doing it in they're sne- in these really expensive sneakers. Um, yeah, I mean, like, there's one here. I'm just, I'm on it right now. And there's one from, like, six weeks ago, um, back in September. Uh, there's a preacher who's wearing um, Yeezys, which are, like, $770. Wow. So, like, you know, screenshots of them in their sneakers and just, like, you know, one saying work on your weakness and he's wearing uh sneakers that are five hundred dollars. Like it's just Yeah. It, I mean, again, give God the glory, glory, send me the checks. That's right. Send me the checks. Uh, yeah. Uh yeah. Uh it's mind boggling. But whatever. I mean, you know, if people want to support, I again, everybody has the right to do what they want to do. It's just I don't know, it's just hard to it's hard to have compassion for that, you know, and not, you know, not for the followers, but for the people that lead people, um, you know, with such, such selfish, um, intent. Um, so yeah, super fun. We summon the darkness. It, I, I actually recommend pairing this with satanic panic. It's like, makes for a fun double feature, mm-hmm. uh, two different sides of, of Satanism. Um, I don't know. This was really kind of a fun little mini series that we did, you know, talking about the devil and talking about, you know, Satan in America. (laughs) I I feel like we need to redo the, we need to do, we need to redo the James Brown song. And it's like Satan in America. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Cause he's here and he is coming for you and your children. Mm-hmm. And uh, you need to be aware and you need to make sure that you tell everybody to listen to Fright School so they can be warned. Exactly. So call, <laughs> send in, buy your t-shirts now. <laughs> Go to T-Public. and buy a t-shirt. See, we're the same. Yes. <laughs> but we are telling you ahead of time that it is yes. for us. That is it's true. Different. That is true. It's not, you know, we're not saying you're going to get into heaven if you buy our t-shirts. I mean, I'm sure it can't hurt, um, but I don't know. I'm not. Hedge your bets, folks. I'm not an authority (laughs) figure on that. Um, (laughs) So, oh my gosh, my favorite line of the whole movie, I didn't even mention. It's right out at the the very beginning. Makeup is war paint for sex. Yes, amen. (laughs) That's why I wear my my stunning eyeliner every day. (laughs) (laughs) She is beat. Right, she is uh, beat for this puss. But no, I did. It, it's still, it's again, it's another movie that's got a lot of like one-liners and and funny moments in it, and it's it's gross in parts, but not too gross. It's not too gory, um, you know. So I think it's a it's a safe bet, you know, for Halloween night. It's a safe bet for Halloween night. I mean, if anything, the most disturbing thing is just like how manic and like how her the eyes of Ale- I think it's um. What's her name? The the Alexis character. Her eyes get really big, and like oh. she just so it, it's so fun. I'm like I can't. I don't know how I can believe and buy that you two are Christians when you're killing like with such relish, <laughs> right? So well, again, it's that thing. Like, um, have you seen Saved? I have not seen Saved. Ah, uh, which a lot another. of people, which a lot of people think surprises them. Like, you yeah, know, it does surprise me because it's it's actually you know it's pretty funny. But there is a scene where somebody throws uh, a Bible and hits somebody with it, and it's like this is not a weapon. It's like, um, well, <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Um, but I yes, I recommend Saved. Actually, that would also be a good pairing for this. Uh, Saved and We Summon the Darkness because it is very interesting. The uh, all of the Christian hypocrisy on display. So, so folks, in a few weeks, when you're sitting down um, at your Thanksgiving Zoom with your family, because we, you know, I'm I'm just going to say it on behalf of us, we don't endorse. 
small meals in non-ventilated spaces. Right. <laughs> um, when you sit down with your family um, and they're about to give thanks, uh, remember we summon the darkness. That's right. <laughs> that is right. All right, Joe. Well, super fun. Um, you know, remember we got our Halloween contest going, so please, please submit. I want to see how creative you all are. Uh, dear listeners, and uh, Joe, I will see you next week. I got to think about what 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 we're doing next. Mm. I, 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 I've got I've got a few ideas, but we'll see. You know, moving into, um, you know, now this the harvest season, and ah, yes. uh, you know the um, the Thanksgiving season, Indigenous solidarity. There's a few ways we could go with horror movies around this time. So, got some thoughts. But um, until then, good night. Good night. Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. Geekscape Network.